Well, good morning. Hopefully, I got this stuff worked out, but uh, I personally uh, apologize because uh, I value the, the ideas more than anything else, certainly more than any of the aesthetics. Um, I actually will watch... Uh, I, I think it's partially because of my dyslexia. I'm not really that put off by uh, cognitive dissonance, right? Like, say, someone's mic isn't perfect or... Um, so I apologize that I am so terrible with that. But that being said, uh, today I wanted to share something super short. Uh, and so, of course, I've added a, almost an extra minute to the content uh, needlessly. My apologies once again. But I'll try to make it worthwhile here because I would like to empower you to be amongst the very few that truly understand what Nietzsche was trying to say. Nietzsche. Um, I'm endeavoring to say it a little bit more properly as well. Now, Friedrich Nietzsche was, um, he's actually not, he's kind of funny because um, Douglas Hofstetter, I've said this before, he made fun of his readers saying they didn't understand his book. Nietzsche expected people to understand, but um, I think he understood why they didn't, uh, because they weren't reading it, for one, his work, but more importantly, because it challenged what they believe and what they held to be true, hmm, their morals and their understanding. Joyce, James Joyce, was befuddled. He was completely confused why people didn't understand. In fact, there's a quote, when they went to war for the second time in Europe, uh, in his, you know in as many decades, nearly. He said, I can't believe they didn't understand my book. The, they didn't take the warnings I put in my book in Finnegan's Wake. So I would just love to share with you what so many people get wrong about Nietzsche and some of our most famous scholars. I've, I think I've mentioned this before. I just recently read um, one of the the most recent, I keep using the same words, I apologize. Uh, this uh, biography of Nietzsche was published very recently, and uh, the author, and I've said this before, made many mistakes. Uh, the most glaring, of course, is in the same paragraph. She states, well, we all know that Nietzsche was crazy, but then she proceeds to say, well, we don't know whether he was because we were able to look at his brain like we were his father. It's funny because I was just reading recently that Jung thought that Joyce suffered from schizophrenia and it was his um, creative outlet that kept him uh, from falling apart uh, as compared to supposedly his daughter who was struggling just to stay afloat. Not that dissimilar to, uh, to Nietzsche in his later life. Um, for me, I think he died similar to... Uh, in one of his books, he talked about um, uh, God has a hell, and it's and it's mankind, it's humanity, right? Because we disappoint him so much. Imagine the endless eternity of suffering uh, that would result. Uh, Nietzsche died for the fact that no one. Um, he did say there was very few that had the potential to carve for themselves, become a true modern man, as Jung said. He said there was very few, but he never believed it to be almost none. Because right? remember, his, his main criticism is, of Buddhism is that uh, 
they expected people to believe that it could be fairly commonplace for, for people to live for others. And he felt it was so uncommon and so uncommonly uh, possible, impossible practically. <laughs> so I apologize. I know I come across as a loon with the, the words I use. But I've been reading James Joyce for the last week or so. I apologize. Uh, he definitely uh, loves to use language. I'm also a big fan of uh, Hemingway, as you know. Nietzsche, obviously, his use of words. So that's what we're talking about here. Everyone talks about Nietzsche, and very few of them seem to understand him. And I'll give you the most simplest of examples. Um, Jung said that Joyce understood women very well in his writing, which was surprising because he only really had the one relationship. But it seemed to be a really good relationship. Now, that being said, Nietzsche was terrible with his women. And I was even thinking about this this morning in the shower, is that if I were to have written after some of my breakups, my relationships in my past, I probably would have said a lot worse. <laughs> and some of his uh, critiques of women are not completely wrong. Like when he talks about that uh, women are the most, and I, I forget his exact quote, but just that they can be much more, much more uh, matter-of-fact, more cold, and we have seen this in modern science and biology, just talking about the fact that uh, a woman's priority is the children, whereas men are more of... I won't even go into this. Uh, Nietzsche talked about that women had, uh, had given at birth uh, a reason to be, which is, is, um, which is to have children. But he didn't mean it like that. What he really meant was is they have a raison d'être, they already have a reason to be here, right? It's either nurturing the community or their own children. This, this potential, this potential. Jung talked about this, and I'm sure it came from Nietzsche. This idea that we need to embrace our potential. Don't live as tradition would have us or expectations. To truly be, as he said, right? To to go from being a camel, just weighed down by all of the expectations, to a lion that can tear down all of these affects that are not our own. To live as a child, to truly live and create and be oneself, as Jung called a true modern man, man living for themselves. This is man and woman, obviously. Right? He talks about this void, uh, potentiality of what we could become. And sadly, at this time, uh, the birth of modernism, they weren't just talking about you know, going out and being a success. What we were talking about at the time was the potential for us to achieve, achieve these things we'd been talking about. You will read about the oversoul in James Joyce's Ulysses. You'll read it in Emerson, you'll read it in Nietzsche, you'll read it in Young, you'll read it in uh, William James, and most importantly, you'll read it in Christianity, where it's called koinonia. Uh, you'll read it in India, where it is called upeka or upeksha, this, this oneness uh, and this infinite potential, bodhisattva, uh, this living for others, to feel the sadness, to truly 
propel. And there is where I'm going with this. In German, Nietzsche talks about his will to power. It is very often understood, like Alder or Freud, this idea that we're motivated by power, powering others, having power. But if you read Nietzsche, more importantly in German, or at least understand what he was getting at in German, and truly uh, you can actually uh, get this idea from even reading the translations. If you read enough translations and commentaries, introductions, it will explain this, and you can kind of put it together. In German, it's Willenmacht. Willenmacht, this will to power. Willen is will, pretty easily understand. Macht, that's the important part that so many people misunderstand. If you look at the German word Macht, it, yes, power, sure, but more importantly, it means to propel, something that propels. So if we're looking at Willenmacht, if we're looking at willpower in this context, then the way I translate it is this, Willenmacht is to be propelled, not impelled. And you have to remember that Nietzsche was a philologist first. So he loved uh, literature and language. So I don't believe he chose this accidentally. Because if you look at it in English, I think this is a, um, a much better translation, if you look at the difference between propelled and impelled. So many of us are being pushed, uh, goaded, uh, cajoled, enticed, uh, pressured, expectations, traditions, which is peer pressure from dead people. This is what Nietzsche was talking about. He was asking for us to shed these expectations, these heavy burdens. So he wasn't talking about this truth that will to power, having power over your universe and others, absolutely not. Everything, for the most part, that he was talking about was talking about honesty was talking about your relationship with yourself, truth, reality, and all this jazz. So the fact that so many people will read this brilliant man and misunderstand it so, so profoundly is a shock to me. But thankfully, having learned that this is not uncommon, I feel a little bit better. So for that reason, I'm going to start sharing some of these misunderstandings. I've mentioned how the West completely misunderstands mindfulness and meditation. I've, I've explained how so many of our current scholars misunderstand simple things like phronesis, the Greek idea of an inquired understanding, right? Phronesis, anumana in Sanskrit, uh, hongaku or shikaku in uh, Chinese and Japanese. So this is an understanding that you just had to reawaken to. Almost an idea of having ridden a bike as a child, forgotten about it, and as an adult, you just had to get back into the swing of things. And then those skills or experience that uh, led to insight or integration, those experiences, that knowledge is not lost, just, you know, overlooked. So this is Willenmacht. The idea that so many of us don't know 
themselves, right? The Greek maxim that very much a part of all of these authors and all of these philosophers, to know thyself, to truly be powered by your will or to power your will, to truly, to truly move through space by one's own will, not uh, pushed or, or pulled, but truly free, right? Instead of the lack of will being pushed versus the act of will being driven. This is why he talked about creation and passion and meaning. This is what we're talking about. So I argue the only confusion is that same lesson that's trying to be taught is so many of us either refuse or don't understand that to change one's universe, you must change yourself. Right? I said this earlier uh, in the week that if your kindness is not accepted, then you should look inside oneself at what you consider kindness. Know thyself. So Nietzsche was teaching this idea that because we feel like we don't have this idea of free will. Again, even modern science is pointing to this idea that the only reason why we don't have free will is because we walk around completely unconscious and we don't actually propel ourselves in our universe. We are pushed or impelled. So you can step away and understand that this lesson that Nietzsche was trying to teach is resident in the Vedas, the Rig Veda, uh, certainly uh, would have been translated at his, at his time. Encotil de Perron translated the Upanishads. Uh, so all of this understanding was, uh, was current in the psyche of these individuals. Right? Madame Blavatsky is mentioned by a lot of these Right? I argue that could be traced to the beginning of this modernist movement, this idea that uh, Darwin has caused us to question uh, our meaning, our morals, our ethics, our, our logos and our ethos because they were so based uh, in, I mean, you can call it uh, stories, archetypes, as uh, Jung said, but again, theater. Dramaturgy. This is myth. So if biology at the time is, is the truth, then we've been living... Well, it was the first time that many of these people had to wrestle with doubt. And why so many maybe turned to coping skills, as we'd consider them in modern day, the fact that they want to control their, their proximity, their, their uh, external environment, making them feel more at ease, because the real reason is they sit completely unregulated as an individual. We talk about emotional regulation being the heart of mindfulness and meditation, because know thyself. So just as a final 
I just want to mention that so many people misunderstand Nietzsche's will to power. In fact, he didn't even want to publish uh, the book known as Will to Power. I mean, it was in his other books. It's not that it wasn't part of his philosophy, but he wasn't happy with the book itself, never mind that it was edited by his sister and possibly others as well, uh, to no longer be his, his philosophy at all. But separate from that, you can read in The Gay Science or in, um, in Dawn of Day uh, or uh, Genealogy of Morals. I mean, almost everywhere he mentions this idea of Willenmacht. And what will to power really means is so many of us have a will to power others because we don't have power over our own will. We don't have power over our own will. Once we are able to know thyself, emotional regulation, to be aware, to be present, that's when we are truly free. That's what a lot of this teaching is about. But on that note, I hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks for uh, listening. <laughs> Holy jeez, if, if you're into it for this long, uh, I can't... Uh, I can't thank you enough, uh, mainly because um, as I work towards trying to understand this, uh, I hope, as I wrote this morning, I was sharing uh, some of my insights for uh, the, the auto-inflammatory disease I have, and I was sharing what I do, and, and, and uh, I noticed that it came across as a little bossy. So, of course, I followed it up by explaining, I apologize, this is not instructions, this is simply me sharing what I did, because I had experienced so much gaslighting in healthcare, and so much uncertainty. Right? And again, the reason why I mention it, that I think is the most healing um, act one can do for one's life. Knowing that you are your own keeper. You are the one who propels your will. But more importantly, when it comes to health care, so many of us put our faith in others or in medicine or a lot of us want just a pill to help this um, go away. But in reality, the most healing act that we can do is to embrace our own healing. Take, um, what's, what could I say here? Take uh, control, uh, take ownership. Become an agent in your own destiny. This is what Nietzsche was trying to teach. And if I could teach that to so many people that feel like they suffer, uh, uh, from their disease or suffer with instead of understanding it's not that different from Parkinson's law which is this idea that a task grows to fill the time allotted for it I think it's no different when it comes to health just by becoming your own agent in your destiny you immediately have this villain mocked immediately you feel more in control, right? Doesn't mean you're going to have all the answers, but when you have an understanding and a confidence in oneself, that allows you to understand yourself, your environment, others. So on that note, I bid you adieu.